Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Hey, we're continuing our series today called The Gospel. And the gospel literally means good news. Our key verse for this series has been 1 Corinthians 15 verses 3 and 4. And this is what Paul says. He says, For what I received, I pass on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, and that he was, uh, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And that's the gospel message. Jesus died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again. And so far, we've talked about the bad news. We're sinners. And that means that we're separated by our sin from a holy God who cannot be around sin, cannot dwell with sin. And that's bad news. We talked about that in week one. And then in week two, we talked about how sin is an injustice against God. And like any good and just God, uh, just judge, I should say, God wants the perpetrator of sin to be punished. And that person should be us. We're the ones who should be punished. That punishment is death. Well, God in His great mercy and His great grace, He enacted these things called animal sacrifices in the Old Testament. That's where He allowed an animal to be a substitute in our place for our sins to take that punishment. They died for us. But God knew in His infinite wisdom that this couldn't continue forever. And so in an incredible selflessness and overwhelming love, God Himself says, I will die in your place, be your substitute. I will take the punishment that you should receive. And, and, and He sends Jesus. And when Jesus died on the cross, He satisfied God's need for justice. That was week two. And if you missed uh, those two messages, you can jump onto our podcast. You can jump onto our YouTube channel and you can listen to them anytime you like. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless our time together today. I pray that you anoint my words. I thank you, Lord, as we're delving into the gospel. We're just uh, relearning, reaffirming, or for the very first time, finding out what it actually means. And I pray and I thank you, Jesus, you bless this time. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, come on, everyone said, amen. If you didn't grow up in the Demtal or the Danos Direct era, you know, you're missing out. And for those that don't know what it was, let me explain it to you. There'd be ads that would run on TV. They're selling a product and you'd buy this product, I don't know, $40. And then they would add on all these free additional things that would like be worth $40 or $50. And the typical things were they'd throw in a steak knife or some cleaning products or some, some freebie, all this extra stuff. And the idea was that you, would, you were paying for one thing, but you were getting all these other things and it was amazing value. And uh, man, I love those ads. Well, usually at late night, yeah? And uh, if anyone remembers those ads, write now in the chat, just give a yes, I remember them. And maybe, maybe talk about one of your favorite ads that you can remember. You know, as I was thinking about the gospel, the gospel in many ways is like this. And just, just pause for a minute. I'm not saying that the gospel is like all this junk that these people are trying to give to us in addition to the thing that we really want. But what I'm trying to say is that there's this case of, but wait, there's more. That was a catchphrase of one of these salesmen. He used to say, but wait, there's more. The gospel, if we think the gospel is simply the good news that Jesus Christ died for our sins, 
we're missing out on so much more good news that God has for us, that He wants us to receive, that He wants us to know about. See, the gospel message is receive Jesus Christ who died for your sins, dot, dot, dot. But wait, there's more. Wait, there's more. I love what N.T. Wright says. He says this, The only reason the death of Jesus was ever thought of good, of good news uh, as good news was because of what happened next. What happened next? And today we're going to delve into what happened next. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 24 verses 1 to 6. And if you don't have it, the words will be uh, just down here on the screen somewhere. It says this, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like night lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Right where you are, I want you to turn to a person next to you and say, He is risen. If you've got a phone, if you've got, send a text message, make a phone call right now. Say, He is risen. Last week, we spoke about the cross and how Jesus died. This week, He's alive. He's risen. He's no longer dead. This is a passage that we usually read at Easter time. And, and I love to read it at Easter, but I feel like if we're only reading about it, if we're only thinking about it during Easter, we're doing a great disservice to the significance that this event has as part of the gospel message. There's a name that we use in church for this event, and it's called, we use the, the, the term, the resurrection. So when you're reading the Bible, when you hear a Christian talk about the resurrection, it's talking about Jesus rising from the dead. And maybe you're watching or you're listening today, and you, you don't know a lot about God. This is the first time you've come to a church service, and, and you've, you've, never heard that, you've never heard this. This is the first time you're hearing that Jesus died and that He rose again from the dead. The resurrection, and I'm not even joking here, I'm steadily serious. The resurrection is the single greatest event in the history of mankind. Every other event, the, the, the resurrection is the greatest single moment in history. And it's an incredible part of the gospel message. It's just as important as Jesus died for your sins. See, you can't have the gospel without the death of Jesus or the resurrection of Jesus. They're both together form the gospel. And if you don't believe me, maybe you'll believe this guy called Paul. He wrote a few books in the Bible, and this is what he says about the resurrection. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 14. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. What's Paul saying here? Like, what's he saying? Here's what he's saying. He's basically saying, if Jesus is still dead, he's still on the tomb, he's just like any other man who ever lived in any period of time, and eventually died. He's just the same as everyone else. See, every major religion, their founding teacher, 
their guru, their whatever you want to call them, is dead. He's in a tomb. He's in a grave somewhere. His bones are probably rotted away by now, but he is dead. She is dead. But Christianity is different because of two things. One, our main teacher isn't just a man. He's fully God, fully man. And number two, he's not dead. He's alive. He's alive. And this claim is unique amongst major world religions. It's a unique claim that Christianity makes. And Paul says we might as well give up our faith if it's not true. And as Christians, we believe that the resurrection of Jesus is not an analogy. It's not a picture. It's not an illustration. It is an event that really happened. It is true. And we believe it is true because of the eyewitness accounts from the time and because of the change we've seen in our own lives when we received Jesus, when we gave Him our lives, the changed lives that we've seen in other people who have given their lives to Him. That's why we believe in the resurrection, in Jesus being alive. Today, rather than looking at the event of the resurrection, I want to look at what was accomplished through the resurrection, all that was done because it's truly a but wait, there's more moment in time. So four things I want to share with us today about the resurrection. If you're taking notes, write these down. Number one, the, the resurrection fulfilled the scriptures. It fulfilled the scriptures. Paul talks about how he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And there's a whole heap of Bible verses in, in, in the Old Testament that allude to the Messiah, allude to Jesus. And one of the main ones is the book of Daniel. There's this prophecy about those who, will, uh, about those who are dead awakening. Daniel 12, 2 says this, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. See, the Jewish people had this belief that at the end of time, God would raise everyone from the dead, rise them from the dead, and there would be those who would be rewarded and go into everlasting life, and there would be those who would be punished and placed into everlasting content, uh, con uh, con contempt and, and condemnation. But, but what about Jesus specifically? W what about Him? Biblical scholars say that the following passage in the book of Psalms is a direct reference to Jesus. Look at this. David says this, Psalm 16, 10. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. David's saying, God, God, you're not going to abandon me. You're not going to leave me behind. You're, you're not going to leave my soul in, in darkness. You're not going to cut me off. That's what David's saying. See, David believes God won't abandon him. He believes that God won't leave him there. And then he says something really powerful. He says, or let your Holy One see corruption. There's something we need to know about this, this word Holy One, this, this phrase that's being used here. Uh, David's not talking about himself. Holy One is actually a, a unique Hebrew title for the Messiah, for the coming one, for God's chosen one. It's a unique Hebrew title for the Messiah. So he's talking about Jesus. He's saying, God, you're going to raise the Messiah from the dead. You're not going to leave him in that place. He's not going to seek the corruption of death. 
Here's the amazing thing. The Jewish people had this idea, this, this conception that, that God would raise people it, it, at the end of time. It would be an end of time event. But here, right in the middle of time, God raises a person, one unique person, one unique man. His name Jesus. God does that. The resurrection fulfilled the scriptures. Number two, the resurrection won our salvation. Let me say it again. The resurrection won our salvation. Romans 10, 9. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, confess and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be what? You will be called what? I can't hear you. You will be saved. Confess to Jesus Lord with your mouth. It talks about speaking out. I believe that Jesus is Lord of my life. Tell people, make the proclamation. Don't be scared to let your friends and family know Jesus is your Lord. And then believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead. You have to believe that Jesus is alive. It's not enough to believe that Jesus died for your sins. You must also believe that He died, but He rose again. The resurrection occurred. It's true. You have to believe it. Your heart has to agree with this statement. And if you do this, the Bible says you will be saved. You will be saved. But, but saved from what, you might be asking. And if you've watched the last two weeks, oh, I'm a bit disappointed that you asked that question because we've already talked about it. But saved from what? Saved from the sin in our lives. Saved from the consequences of sin. Eternal separation from God. Physical death, yes, and a spiritual death, and eternity, and torment, and suffering. Saved from these things. Saved from the selfish desires and the lust of the flesh in this present life. We've been saved from these things. The resurrection won our salvation. Number three, the resurrection gives us hope for our own resurrection. Yeah, it gives us hope for our own resurrection. One day, each one of us will pass away, will die. And I'm sorry, I know it's a bit morbid, but it's the truth, yeah? It's going to happen. Unless Jesus Christ returns before then, uh, we're going to die and pass away and, and, and we won't be alive anymore. But, but here's the exciting thing. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 to 23 but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since sin came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the first fruits, then when, the time, when he comes, those who belong to him. Death came through one man, Adam, because of his disobedience and because of his sin in the Garden of Eden. And life, the resurrection, also comes through one man, Jesus Christ, because of his obedience and his sinless sacrifice. But it's not just Jesus who, we're gonna, who, who has experienced the resurrection. One day, we also too will experience a resurrection. I'm talking a physical Bodily resurrection. I'm talking about our soul being reunited to a transformed, glorified body that God will give us. It's a resurrection. 
resurrection. Ever bought something and made a deposit or a down payment on it? Have you done that? Whether you know you're buying a TV and you make a deposit, or you're buying a couch or a house or a car, you make a deposit, yeah. And when you make that deposit, the seller agrees to sell you that item. Well, Paul, when he says Christ the first fruits, this 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 resurrection of Jesus is like a down payment. It's like a, a deposit. It's like this first fruits is like a down payment that Jesus has paid for our resurrection as well. And Jesus says, hey, God, I'm putting down a down payment, a deposit. This resurrection of mine is going to pay for it. It's the deposit for the resurrection of the saints in the future. Those who call on my name, who believe in me, who confess with their mouth that I am Lord. First he rose again and one day we will too. The resurrection gives us hope for our own Resurrection and fourthly and finally, the resurrection defeated death. Remember, the consequences of sin was death. Death is our enemy, and we're not afraid of death as Christians because we know and we are the understanding where we are going after this life, and so we're not scared of death. But the reality is, is that death was never a part of God's good plan for this world. It's a curse on this world. It's, it brings suffering and, and pain. What we need to know is that the resurrection, Jesus defeated death once and for all. Romans 6, 9, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. See, death only has dominion over those who sin. And Jesus never sinned. So death could not have power over him. It literally could not hold him in its grasp. He, he, death could not hold Jesus. And because we are in Christ, because we are a new creation, which we'll speak about next week, because we are in Christ, death will also have no grasp on us. We will be rescued from death's grip as well and live in eternity with Jesus and God and other saints and believers and the apostles and the prophets and the biblical heroes of the faith, we too will live again. Death has no power. The resurrection defeated Jesus. As I come to a close today, the resurrection that fulfilled the scriptures, won our salvation, it gives us hope for our own resurrection and it defeated death accomplished all these things through one event. All these things it accomplished through that one event. It's amazing. It's incredible. What is it? It's good news. It's the gospel message. Good news. Today, I want you to take some time this week to think about the resurrection. I want you to identify with the resurrection. It's not just the story of Christ. It's the story of your life. If you believe that Jesus is your Lord and you believe He rose again from the dead, if you've given your life to Him today, it's not just a resurrection for Jesus, but it is also your resurrection too. It speaks of a new life for you. You're a new creation. You've been transformed. You've been given new life. Your past died and is buried when Jesus died and was buried. You're a new creation. Next week, I want to spend some time talking about the new creation. But I just want to end today with this thought from Ravi Zacharias. This is what he says. Outside of the cross of Jesus Christ, there is no hope in this world. 
that cross and resurrection at the core of the gospel is the only hope for humanity. Wherever you go, ask God for wisdom on how to get that gospel in, even in the toughest situations of life. I pray today the gospel message is deep in your heart for you to know how much God loves you and everything He has done when Jesus died on the cross and when He rose again at the resurrection. Let's pray. Come on, bow your heads.